Welcome to G Talk. dedicated to helping you discover your purpose by helping you build intimate relationships and a lifestyle of thankfulness. Listen to us today as we discuss a new challenging topic aimed to encourage you and to challenge you, but most importantly, to build you up in your relationships with each other and with God. Stay tuned. Welcome to G Talk, and we are your hosts, Terrence and Adara Clark. And this is Terrence once again coming to you. And we are, have been continuing in our study of Revelation. It has been a great study, I think. I know God is really speaking to me, and He's really dealing with me in this season. You know, we're in the fall, right? Kids are jumping back into school, and things are happening. And you know what? I love the fall. For there's one area that I really love about the fall. It seems like every year the Lord just visits us in the fall, and I can't explain it. All I can say is it's, it's for Adair and I, it's almost like every year in the fall, this goes way back. I mean, I can probably go back 25 years probably where it seems like the Lord would just visit us in the fall. We always did a, we always have did a fall fast and we would do, a, you know, an early year fast. So we always did a fast usually somewhere in January and we always did one around September. Um, and these were always extended 21 day minimum and sometimes into 40 days. And they were different. They weren't always just water only fast. A lot of most of them were probably juice fast or vegetable only fast. Or sometimes we would do like, you know, in stages, we do a week of, you know, vegetables and a week of juice and then, you know, a week of water and, you know, those kind of things. But it was just as though God would just start pulling us. And it's funny because I feel like he came early this year. I feel like he came it was, you know, a week ago, the Lord began to speak to me about getting away uh, private, you know, alone with him and just getting time with him for a weekend. You know, just me and him or something we used to do when we we're pastoring, get away, go get a hotel room or go stay somewhere and just shut in for three days with him and allow him just to speak to us and encourage us. And Adair and I have been talking about, you know, going away and, and getting in a cabin here. We're learning, you know, Arkansas and finding that spot. I don't think this is going to be a fast time. Um, you know, we're going to fast it, but I do think we're going to go and, and get away and, and just, you know, shut down and just allow the Lord to speak to us. I do feel like I'm going to probably do something in September, October, where I'll just get away along with him for maybe a weekend or for a day or two. But I just, I'm saying that because it's, you know, it is a very, it's that season of time. It feels like, you know, for a lot of us where God is really wanting to speak and encourage us. And as we've been in this study, I just feel like there's hopefully God is speaking to you and challenging you because he wants to reveal who he is to you individually. And I believe that I believe that, you know, we have taken this book revelation and turned it into this fear of God beating us up and judging us. And that is not what the book is about. The book is about knowing him in an intimate way because his, the idea is that, you know, uh, I was just reading this uh, from the apostle um, uh, Paul, who was talking about revealing the bride, right? That God, you know, uh, uh, he's taking us 
I believe it's in Galatians that I was reading this week, and I might be wrong. Um, it skips my mind right now, but becoming the revelation of becoming the bride. And this is really what this is about. You know, it's like there's always going to be the doom and gloom. I grew up in a doom and gloom church. So, so for those of you who don't know, you know, you may not know people who know me today have no idea what kind of a guy I was 20, 25 years ago. They're like makes jokes about it sometimes. So, you know, she knows, man, I would have, I have pins all on me that talked about the, you know, hell and damnation and get right or get left. You know, I was just a hardcore young man that loved God, wanted to see people get saved, but sometimes just came at it the wrong way. Just zeal, right? Passion. I still have passion. I've always been passionate, but God has taught me a lot about how to maybe, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, and that came a lot of it out of that church that I kind of grew up up, you know, that hardcore Pentecostal get saved, you know, hell, fire, damnation kind of thing. And I'm, I appreciate it because it gave me a reverence and respect, but I did have to be delivered from a lot of that, a lot of the mindset of just at least um, the part where you had to do everything a certain way and, you know, and, and, and follow a format and do it. You know, God has really kind of set me free in a lot of things. And there's, that's a whole story in itself. But if I can say one thing in this study is he wants to reveal to us the fact that he is that he is bringing us to a place of being the bride and ruling and reigning with him eternally as the bride as one with him as you know as we go into eternity and it's amazing to me how many people have no clue where this is going they just think we're going to live on and and play harps for eternity and, and and that sounds boring well it does because it's not what we're gonna do <laughs> so it's like come on there is he has revealed a lot it's we just need to talk about it we need to read about it and we need to express those there are many that god has shown and uh, we just need to receive it and hear it but i want to encourage you today as we're digging in to begin to hear the word of the lord and so last week we stopped we were in the middle of the church in Sardis, and we were right there at the third verse. Um, we were finishing up the second verse where it says, I have not found your works perfect. And we talked about the reality that that is not what he's talking about being perfect, but about the fact that he had a purpose and a plan for your life. And he was disappointed that they had not fulfilled it. And so we talked and we ended in the place talking about the importance of you and I fulfilling the plans that God has for us. But let's pick it up in the third verse because it doesn't end. Like I said, we're doing it a little bit different now because we feel like there's a shift in the third, in this fourth church. Or should I say fifth church? This fifth church, uh, there has been a shift. And so the shift is really, um, and we're kind of just, just exegetically going through this verse by verse, okay? So re he says, remember therefore how you have received and heard, hold fast, and repent. Now, again, and I, like I said, I'm just wanting to pull out some of the Greek terminology and Greek terms. I'm not reading, you know, but I, it's it's important because I think sometimes we don't know what it's what it's really saying, or maybe not fully understand. Like when he says "remember," he's not telling you to remember something you have forgotten. It's really interesting that the word he uses for "remember" is not a term that means you forgot. It means he wants you to go back and re, and and rehearse something that you already know, but you're not doing, okay? And I can say this about, you know, 
meditation, a great deal of what, what our Christian meditation is about is regurgitating the things that God has spoken to us, that he has taught us, that he has shown us. It, it's amazing to me how many of us, when we get a word from the Lord, we don't write it or, you know, we get a tape. We don't, we don't go back and listen to it. You know, it goes in a drawer and we forget it. And, you know, uh, Adair and I, we keep tapes. We have tapes that go back to 1990 that we pull out still of words that people have given us because they're finding their, their, they're just now coming to fruition, right? I mean, here it is 30 years later, right? And we're just seeing the, some of the fruit of some of these words. And a lot of them were written and we pull them up or, you know, we tape them or, or, you know, Adara has had a lot of visitations from the Lord and from the angels. And so sometimes, you know, she would write them and sometimes we would, uh, we would, we would tape them and we go through those things because a lot of times they're coming up and we'll, we'll go back and we look in that. And those are some of the extreme things, but there are things that are happening that God is speaking about you to you. Maybe he gives you a word or maybe he shares a scripture that you're reading and he comes alive. Those are things that that completely what we, when he says remember he is saying it's an active part that you have to play of going back and getting this information and regurgitating it in your mind so that it has effect today he's saying remember therefore how you have received and heard now remember we are talking about a church that had a body but they were spiritless. And why were they spiritless? We don't know all the story, but we do know that they were no longer functioning in the spirit of God. They simply had, you know, they had the meeting place, the church was happening, you know, services were happening, the songs were going forth, but the spirit was gone. And that alone preaches to me about a great deal, I think about, I think what's happening in our culture and a great deal. We are having a lot of services, but I feel like in there's, if we can just acknowledge and admit that in a lot of ways, we have shunned the Holy Spirit. We have asked him or not allowed him freedom to do what he does best. And therefore we have a lot of lifeless services. And how do I know that? Well, one way I know that is that the, the divorce rate in the church is higher than the divorce rate in the world. Okay. I mean, come on, let's just, let's just be straight up. Let's just be honest about the numbers. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think I, the term I, I've forgotten. It's 2 million, 2, 2 million Christians stop going to church every single year. Okay. I can just keep reading numbers, right? 2 million Christians just stop going. They just say, you know what? There's nothing there for me. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. Every single year, right? Three churches close their doors for every one church that starts new every year. Okay, these are just, these are the numbers. It's like we don't want to deal in reality. We just, it's like these are the numbers. This is the reality that we are a body, but maybe there's not life there because if there were life, two million people wouldn't be walking away from it every year. If there were life, I'm not talking about two million people saying, 
I'm, I'm just saying they're, they're walking around saying we're bored. There's nothing here for me. I'm, I'm, I, I still believe. I'm not talking about the ones who, and there's a great number of people who are, who are no longer acknowledging they're losing faith. I don't even have those numbers. I don't know what those numbers are like, but I'm talking about two billion people who say, I still profess Jesus as Lord. He is, I am still a believer. I just ain't going to church no more. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. These numbers are amazing. Okay. In a bad way. And so when I, when, so I, I think that we need to accept the reality that what I'm talking about here, about what the spirit was saying to that church was, yeah, you got a body, but there's no spirit. It's dead. There's something wrong. There's something missing. And maybe if you would remember how you received and how you heard, hold fast and repent. Hold fast and repent. He is saying, if you, I need you to go back and remember all the things that were said in you, all the things that were done in you. I need you to go back there and I need you to remind yourself. Can I just speak to marriages out there? Uh, I don't know, maybe about two months ago, uh, you know, we have a home group we meet and so forth. And a couple of months ago, I came over there and I just said, you know, I'm really just feeling a shift. You know, we're just going to concentrate on marriages right in this season. And it was from a variety of things that was happening. Okay. In terms of, you know, just people that we were noticing um, that were part of our group. And so I said, you know, let's just start kind of focusing on this. And it really became, you know, it's like there was a shift that took place. It felt like that people were really starting to engage better. And then all of a sudden we started getting this onslaught just out of the blue. People start calling us with marriage issues that were taking place. I mean, people we hadn't talked to all of a sudden just, you know, I'm talking about marriages and crises. And it's just been this steady stream. And Adair and I, you know, really have felt like, man, God, you know, and we haven't even talked about this. I mean, as I'm saying it now, I'm like, man, you know, it's like, it's like we've entered into a season where we're now again um, warring for marriages, warring for relationships in a real way. And can I just, because maybe you're out there and, and, you, and you've had your struggles in your relationship. Let me just say something that, that the Lord taught, you know, Reminded, I don't know, he told me some years ago about my own relationship. Adair and I have been married 37 years. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, the struggles of something of marriage. But I just want to say something about my wife. I mean, she's not here, so I can say it right. <laughs> I don't think she even listens. But I just want to say, you know what? My wife has stood by my side for 37 years. That means there were a lot of those years I did not lead well. I made mistakes and she has stood by my side through the good and through the bad. There have been both. And she has been my comforter, my friend, my confidant. She has spoken into my life. Okay. And I hope I'm speaking to some of you out there because the enemy oftentimes wants to come and present a, a picture about our spouses. 
And and the reason I'm bringing it up because it's 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 I think this has a lot to do with what we're teaching right now. Okay, he says remember. We need to sometimes go back and remember, because I hear people it's like they make it, and then they divorce, and then they go and find it's like stop for a second and remember the person who stood with you during those hard times they were getting absolutely nothing out of it they were there because they loved you and they were sticking it in with you it is easy to follow somebody who has made it oh yeah you got the you've made it now you're you're now the senior manager right you're now driving the porsche you're now make you've now made something for yourself and now everybody's looking at you and everybody wants a piece of you that's the easy place to jump in. It's like, you know what? I want to honor the wife who has stood with me. I want to honor the God who has stood with me through all the good and the bad when I wasn't someone that anybody wanted to listen to, that anybody wanted to be around, when I couldn't find the right thing to say or do, yet they stood with me and were by my side encouraging me. I'm not going to toss them aside when things now I get, you know, get into a place where there's challenge. It's like, no, that's the time to remember where you came from. That's the time to remember who's been with you. And that's almost what the Lord is saying. It's like, you really, you ain't got any life in it. Because in, in, I just, I feel like this. It's like when we get to a place where we're lifeless, we just start letting, we'll just, it's like, we start shooting, especially as men, man, I'm just talking to the men, but we start looking for someone who's going to pump us up. We're looking for pump, right? We want someone who's going to speak to our ego and, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. God has been here with us through all of our challenges. He's like, you got all the information. You got to go back. You got to grab that information. You got to hold on to that information. You got to remind yourself. You didn't forget it. You just set it aside. You stopped reading. You stopped listening. You stopped praying. When was the last time you had an hour with the Lord? When was the last time that you said, Lord, I ain't going nowhere till I feel your presence. I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to keep playing that worship song. I'm going to keep. It's like we don't have time. And then we're going, you know, like, oh, everybody else is the problem. When really, when was the last time we turned over the plate? I mean, really fasted. I mean, really took the time necessary to change the course of the decisions and things that we're making and doing in our life. He's like, remember where you came from. Remember what you used to do. You used to, you used to read the word all night. You used to spend time in my presence. Now you've become successful. You don't have time, right? Everybody's calling on you. Everybody wants you to come preach. Everybody wants you to come and give a word, right? You ain't got time now. It's like, and you're finding yourself lifeless. You're finding yourself frustrated and angry and bitter. And maybe if you just come back, set some of that aside, hit some prayer time, spend some time in my presence, I'll rejuvenate you. I'll return to you and give you what you really, really need. And so that's what he's saying. And then he goes on to say, therefore, if you will not watch. Now, remember, I talked about this word watch last week. I talked about the reality of that word and what he was actually telling them, that it was a decision to stay awake. It's a choice. 
This is not like, oh, I, I didn't. It's like, no, you clicked, you turned off. And people are doing this every single day in the church. It's like, well, that's too hard. I don't have to believe all that. You know, I don't take all that. I hear that all the, I don't, it don't take all that. Oh, really? You make a decision that it don't take all that. And then all of a sudden your life starts falling apart and you still hold it. And it's like, how's that working for you? Why don't you go back? Because when, when you were doing all that, it was all that. But now that you ain't doing all that, it ain't none of that. Maybe you should go do all that because <laughs> it's probably needed. I know it is for me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do more of that. He's <laughs> like, come on. So what I am saying, he, what the Lord is saying is, he says, therefore, if you will not watch, he's not saying, oh, he's saying you're making, you've made a decision that you're not going to watch anymore. You've just said, you know what? I'm going to sleep like everybody else. I'm shutting down. I'm just enjoying the party. I'm no longer going to be, I'm no longer going to stand on the wall and see this for what it really is. I'm deciding, you know, I know you're out there. You've seen the matrix, right? It's like, do you, do you, he's like, do you want to get out of the, out of the dream or you want to stay in the dream? He's like, we'll let you out. But I'm going to tell you, it ain't pretty if I let you out. You take this pill, you go right back to sleep and keep li living and believing what you want to. But if you take that pill, it's going to wake you up and you're going to see the reality of what it is you really live in. And there's a lot of people today who are choosing to go back to sleep. And that's what the Lord is saying. It's like, you know what? If you're choosing to go, to go back to sleep, he's like, well, then let me tell you what. He says, I will come upon you as a klepto. That's the Greek word. Klepto. We all know what kleptos are, right? A thief. He's like, I will come upon you as a klepto and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. It's funny how when we read that, you know, throughout history, oh, history without, I've heard a lot of people, read, oh yeah, we're, we don't, we're not going to know when the Lord's coming. That ain't saying that. He's saying, you don't know. He says, he says I'm going to come as a, as a thief. What is it that he's going to steal from you? That's my question to you. He's not talking about coming back. He's saying, I'm coming to you. I'm going to steal from you. What is it that he's going to steal? There's a lot of things that he can steal. But I, in my mind, I think he is talking about the very lifelessness that they had. I'm stealing your joy. You're going to get all these things that you had are going to be, are going to disappear. And you won't even know that I came. That's what he's saying. You won't even know I showed up. But all of a sudden, things ain't going right in your life, right? You can't even get the dog to come visit you. You know, when you come home and the dog, my dog, when I come, he just, he, any, he wants to see me. He wants to see Adara. When we come home, he is, his little tail is wagging and he is dancing. It's like, yay, man. I'm talking about when this happens, a thief comes. It's like, you know what? The dog won't even look up. You come home, the dog, he's, he's still over there in the corner. <laughs> he don't want to even see you. I'm saying, that's what he's talking about. He says, I'm coming to you and you won't even know the hour that I came. I will visit you and I will take from you what you have and you won't even realize it's gone. And then all of a sudden things start changing and you don't know that things have changed. And then he goes on to say, you have a few names in Sardis. Now, these are the parts that I wish I don't have time and maybe I'll come back another time and talk about the, the church because the Lord always reveals a picture of him with something that was going on in the city. And this white stone, this all has, the, the wearing of white has a lot to do with Sardis. And I don't have time to dig into it today. Um, 
You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. There's some there. I just love how God does this. It's like he speaks specifically. He's like he's like a, it's like a wink, wink. Every church he winks at. He winks and he says, you, you know what I'm talking about. No one else may ever know what we're talking about, but you know what I'm talking about. Because the, the, the few people, he says, you have a few names who have not defiled their garments. You have some folks there who haven't, they haven't, they haven't been suckered into going to sleep. They're there still, and there's still life in them, and they know who they are. And they are, they are walking in white, for they are worthy, and they shall receive white from me. But he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. And let me just um, let me just end it there, because I know my time is about up. But let me just end it there, because there is so many misconceptions about the Lord sometimes, and he, the Lord, does not write our name in the book. He, your name is already in the book. At the foundation of the earth, all of our names were written in the book. In other words, he intended for everybody to go. That was always his plan. But we do know that he has blotted names out. And he's saying, what I have to do is I'll blot your name out. He's like, if you're, you know, if you're choosing to turn off, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white and I won't blot that name out. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. It's having an ear to hear God. Having an ear to receive what he's really wanting us to understand. There is a shift that has taken place in the church today. There was a shift at that time. We all see the shift. And some of us are going, oh, it's just a shift. Oh, it's just, you know, everybody's like, even the, even the world, everybody sees it. I get people all the time and they're telling me, man, this don't look good. I mean, it's like, you see it too, huh? Yeah, it's so clear. You know, the fires, we got fires burning houses down on the West Coast. We got hurricanes on the East Coast. We got, you know, heat all over the planet. We got, you know, the da 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 It's like, this is crazy. We got people walking into stores and shooting. And it's it's like chaos right and he's like yeah those are all the things there's a shift there's a shift do you see the shift you know for a long time people were just talking people aren't talking anymore they're, they're they're acting they're acting out of hatred violence anger like never before there's been a shift and god is telling us to love and he's also telling us to become people who are willing to give their lives, willing to love others to a place where others cannot, that the church would step up and fill in the gap. And rather than becoming angry like others, being able to cover others with love and being even willing to lay our own lives for those who won't, there is a call for you and I to shift too. I want to encourage you. God is calling us to shift. He's calling us to shift into the kingdom and to remember the things he has given us and done for us. 
and freely give those things away. Nothing on this earth is worth anything. I can tell you that right now. It's all going to burn. It's nothing is worth anything. And yet, what is it that we're striving for? We want power. We want people to know us. We want right the likes on Facebook. Please give me likes, 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 likes. I want as many people who are liking my stuff and my Twitter stuff because then I can write a book. I got all these followers and that's what's important. Really? That's what's important. And we've somehow brought all this into the kingdom and made this a part of the kingdom now. It's all everything. You know, you come to church. Okay, I want y'all to jump on your Facebook and tell everybody how wonderful time you're having here. So we're going to be just as fake now. You want us to do that too, right? Put it all on Facebook, you know, Twitter. It's all about social media. It's all about advertisement. It's all about getting our name. Where's Jesus' name? It's about our name. I just want to encourage you right now. God wants to give in replace of our frustrations and anxieties and um, anger and our tightness. He wants us to walk in his joy. He has joy. He still has joy for us. He still wants to give us joy so that we can live out our lives in peace and in joy and in blessing. And that's the man and woman that God who knows who you are. That's who he's planned and prepared and called you to be. And I just want to speak that into you today. I want to encourage you and let you know that God has a purpose for you and a plan for you. And this church Sardis is a picture of of a good people gone the wrong way because they let their light go out. And they were too busy all about trying to get fame for their name rather than give the fame to the Lord and allow him to be who he wants to be through them. So I just want to speak this word of encouragement. Be blessed. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. G-Talk is a ministry of Hope For You International, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find us on the web at thankfultoday.com and gtalk.info. You can also find us on Facebook at The Thankful Today.